<laughs> Yo, what's up? What the fuck is up? It's your girl, DJ Narc. Welcome back to the revolution. What's going on, fam? Oh my god. Where have you been? Like, I missed you guys. I know the videos, you know, it's airy season. Gotta do the work. Gotta do the work before we can have the funds. But now that we're here, bitch. Okay. <clears throat> Let's get it started. Smoke them if you got them, man. And if you don't, pause it and fucking roll something. And for those of you who are driving, you know, just I, I kind of want to make this driver friendly. I kind of want to do a driving podcast because I've been driving a lot lately. I love to drive. I love to listen to funny shit when I drive, you know. So I won't make it too, um, I'll just keep it in mind. You know, I don't want, I don't want to get you too sleepy or too meditative or anything like that. We'll do all that in the second part where we actually go on our little trip. But this first part, let's make it real fun for anyone who's at work or cleaning or driving or, you know, just doing some shit right now. If you're just sitting there rolling a joint, what's up? What's good? How you doing? So... A lot of shit has been going on, huh? A lot of shit. Where do we fucking start? The internet went crazy. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Uranus comes into Taurus and everything's going to go fucking nuts. Anything that you think is solid is just about to get like tossed up in the air. I don't know, man. Uranus is an interesting kind of energy. Like I feel it heavy. But I love it because I don't have any uh, desires that overtake me, you know? So I feel like Uranus is the kind of energy that it's like, it's, it's Aquarius energy, right? So it wants you to have really pure desires, like ideals. Um, it's very much the opposite, Right? It's not about being sensual, although, of course, Aquarians can be sensual, but it's not, it's not about that, right? This is about taking what is sensual, Taurus, and applying this higher ideal to it. Through a really, I don't want to say mischievous, but uh, ornery energy. You know how sometimes you can talk to an Aquarian and they're just kind of saying shit from the other point of view just to say shit, just to keep it balanced, just to show the other point of view, just to, and although it's refreshing and wonderful and it you know, expands your consciousness and makes you more intelligent to interact with them, it can be a little bit annoying, right? Because it's too ideal-based sometimes. The way Uranus energy is, it can seem a little erratic and weird because it is functioning on these higher ideals. But these higher ideals are now being applied to very primal things, rooted, fixed earth. <laughs> oh me, oh my. Please drink something. <clears throat> I 
I've been doing this 30-day challenge with the yoga every day. Oh, it's so wonderful. <laughs> we're going to talk, we're going to talk about how yoga changes the structure of the brain and how it's been linked to causing a certain part of the brain that is associated with sense of self to thicken, actually physically thicken, that part of the brain thickens. And nothing, not chemical or therapy or anything else has been able to provide that result. But 30 days of sustained yoga every day, 20 minutes or more, has shown that that part of the brain associated with self physically gets thicker. And people who have any sort of self-esteem issue or even much more serious than that are visibly helped by this thickening of the brain. So, and people usually who have a certain identity disorders, certain anxiety disorders have less mass in that part of the brain typically, right? So doing 30 days of sustained yoga for many reasons is the way to go. <clears throat> I'm doing it because this cracked rib business really clued me into how ignorant I was being about my own self-care. You know, oh, I work out every day. I stretch a little bit. I dance every day. That's cool. It's good enough. As a yoga instructor, I know better. But I also realized as soon as I got back on the mat that it's never about the yoga that keeps you off the mat. The thing that keeps you off the mat is that you have to face yourself when you get on it. Your body and your mind isn't afraid to do the stretches. Your body and mind know that after a couple of days of doing the stretches, you'll be great. You'll be golden. You'll be doing the stretches, no problem. It's not that. It's that when you stretch out, you emerge from within yourself. When your body is, for all intents and purposes, taken care of, it's getting the oxygen it needs. It's getting the movement it needs. It's getting the flow of energy that it needs. It's becoming a current that's really resonating with the larger energy source. It's, it's good. And when your body gets in that state, it gets really easy for you to fall into a higher state, which is awesome. But it's kind of like uh, not wanting to fall asleep, <laughs> which I love that now people call insomnia. You know, not being able to sleep and not wanting to fall asleep are really different. You can't say that you can't sleep if you don't want to sleep. I know that sounds like a weird radical thing to say, but I don't think people say that enough. Like, I, yes, I understand that insomnia is a huge problem, but I also think that a lot of it has to do with knowing, <clears throat> excuse me, on an instinctual level, please drink something, that when you sleep, you travel. And if you are not ready to face certain things in your life, you don't want to travel. Or if you don't feel safe in your waking life, of course you don't feel safe in your other dream life, right? This is often why children want to be really close to their mom or dad when they're falling asleep. This is why we love sleeping next to a partner. This is why people who sleep next to a partner who they love 
their blood pressure is lower and they live longer and their immune system is better and blah, 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 right? Because you feel safe slipping into that other world. So in the same way, yoga, which was, which has always been a way to facilitate deep meditation. That was always the goal. So yoga also hooks you into that same astral life, but through a different road. Same in that, in that waking dream, halfway awake, halfway asleep, meditative state that you're aiming to get into. You have access to the same place, but you have access in a more lucid way because you are more awake than asleep. When you were asleep, you were more asleep than awake, right? People who are really good at lucid dreaming, they don't really see a difference. I'm not. Uh, why, why am I not good at lucid dreaming? Because I have... Uh, <laughs> I have some emotional drawbacks, you know? Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a possessive partner. So it's really hard for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm difficult. I'm difficult. Um, so it's hard for me to remain lucid in a dream and not get like sucked into it and like be like, oh my God, this is real when anything is presented to me that's even a little bit suspicious because my temper goes through the fucking roof and... Um, Usually what's been happening lately is that I <laughs> misconstrued things in dreams uh, because it's almost like I'm looking for it. You know, I've been accused of that in the past. Um, and I get so angry. <laughs> God, this is so embarrassing. I get so angry in the dream that I kind of wake the other person up that I'm dreaming with. Um, and that's another thing that we don't really talk about, right? We don't talk about how we dream with people. I mean, you guys must know this from the DMs by now. Like all of you who have DM'd me, you must know this. You must know after having dreamt of me several times that you're just visiting me. You figured that out by now or that I'm visiting you. You must know this by now. So people, of course, people dream together. I don't know why I get so mad. <laughs> Actually, I know exactly why. I'm just very, very, very possessive. It's bad. Um, it's bad. It's, uh, it's not okay. So, whatever. Moving on. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yoga. <laughs> so, all my joints are like a little bit... I don't know. You might hear some like a joint cracking here and there a little bit as I like stretch my legs out. See, did you hear that? That's just like whenever I start doing yoga again, it happens for a couple of days and then everything's like great. Mashallah. Just takes a few days. So if you're interested in not having to have any major surgery um, or any replacement of joints, you know, later in life, I would probably incorporate 20 minutes of basic hatha yoga into your early morning. And if you can 
get that done before the sun comes up or while the sun is coming up or right before the sun comes up, you'd get like a million times more benefit, excuse me, from the air. So that's something to think about. Now, oh my God, there's so much going on. Where do you start? So I have a theory about Bodak Yellow. And I've had it for quite some time. I've always thought that the only reason that song got popular was because the powers that be wanted to normalize people who are not black saying the N-word. That's what I've always thought. Because the song wasn't fire, but it was pushed so much that it became fire. And really, it was just a anthem, like like a blood anthem, right? Like a blood, like a stripper who happens to be a blood did an anthem, right? Which is fine, you know, like it's not unheard of on mixtapes. It's not unheard of, like it's cool. It is what it is. The culture was looking for that particular thing. They found it, they rolled with it, you know, in this culture of like, reality tv becoming real like life imitates art imitates art imitates life or art is imitating life but now life is it's just you know now that it's love and hip-hop culture sure like i get it you know it wasn't surprising or whatever it's like yeah that makes sense you know it's pretty much pre-packaged and done for you if a person's already an instagram personality and they already have all these followers and they have a very distinct personality like they've already done most of the work for you you know what i'm saying they already turned themselves into a product you just basically have to market them and if there's anything that these big companies know how to do well if there if there's one thing they know how to do well it's probably only one thing it's marketing so you know they marketed the fuck out of her and she was already a like i said a pre-made product and that's going to become important later so just put a pin in that and we'll circle back to it. I'm going to use all my corporate uh, jargon on you guys this time. All the stuff I've been saying in meetings and people have been saying back to me. <laughs> Yo, they be getting like all the way kicked out of their bag when I start talking like them. They really don't know what to do. It's funny. If y'all are listening right now, I'm really not trying to clown you. Like, I really like you guys. All of you. All of you. Like, really, really, I do. It's not that. It's just that, like, I don't, I love, um, come on. I was a kid, like, from Harlem who went to, like, one of the best schools in the world, right? Like, I, I, I thrive on being underestimated. <laughs> but, like I said, let's, let's, let's put a pin in that and circle back to it later. <laughs> Can you imagine me saying that wearing like a pencil skirt? Because it would be so cute. The thing that really irritated me about Legally Blonde wasn't even like all the bullshit that she was doing. I know if you guys love that movie, yay. Um, I'm more of a Clueless person. Clueless is a much better take on it. It's much more Shakespearean. Like Clueless is the shit. But the thing that I really didn't like about it was just the choices. And I know that the choices were made to reflect a certain, like, California girl image, but they were just so ugly. Just so ugly. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, 
this pre-packaged product comes to you, has a catchy few things going on, is pretty well known, has some street cred from here and there, also put a pin in that, has some connections here and there, okay. I mean, you know she's in a gang, right? We, are, we already know this. I mean, she's never hidden that, right? Okay. So, my theory was that they saw a pre-packaged product and were like, okay, there's some things about her that are a little problematic, but they actually work to our favor because it just gives her more of a mystique, right? It's not too problematic because no one even really knows what that is. Right? Like, hasn't Snoop always said that he's this or that? Doesn't Snoop only wear blue or whatever? Like, you know, music industry execs are like, yeah, whatever, whatever. It's just like, that's what the cool kids want anyway, or whatever. Yay, bloody shoes. You know, they don't give a fuck. So, excuse me. Please drink something. I don't even feel bad for my voice being like this because I've been making videos all day, so... I'm going to be that brown mom for a second. It's all for you. <laughs> Doing it all for you. <laughs> I say it to my kid too, but I don't say it like that. I don't say it like that. I think it's all about tone. I think parenting is a lot about tone. You really got to have a lot of respect for your kids the way you speak to them. A lot of respect for your kids. Because you're teaching them how other people should speak to them. Like, if I saw somebody speaking to my kids sideways, yo, I would break their fucking face. Like, I would fucking bust their teeth out their mouth. Like, something bad would happen. Something something bad would happen. Violent bad. You know? Like, I, I, I don't think I could bear it. So if I couldn't bear it, watching somebody else talk to my kid funny, then how the fuck can I do it? Like, I'm his example for how people are supposed to be treating him. You know, and, and, and conversely, how he's supposed to be treating people in the world, which usually defines and, and limits how people treat you. But once in a while, you have someone who wants to step out of, you know, uh, out of what's right. And if the, if the kid has only been talked to a certain way, as soon as somebody starts talking to him sideways, the, the child will just disengage. Like, I don't even know where you're going with this, but your tone is already all the way fucked up. <laughs> Like, I'm not even listening. And I'm so glad that he has so much of his dad in him because, you know, that Nordic, like, don't tread on me, you know, that's very Scandinavian. Like, you could keep whatever opinions you have about whatever all the way the fuck over there. I have my rights and my freedom all the way the fuck over here. (laughs) You could go fuck yourself. Like, they're real clear here about their boundaries and their rights. And I think that attributes a lot to their happiness. And so when you have that kind of upbringing and also a very loving upbringing, I think what you develop as a person is an ability to really tune the fuck out as soon as someone starts talking funny. And uh, Baba's dad is really good at it. And I've noticed that Baba's picked that up from him. (laughs) Like as soon as your tone goes left... You can see it in his face. He's completely checked out. He don't give a fuck what you're saying. He don't give a fuck. You could have a point. You could not have a point. You're not getting anything from him except this like smug face. Like, are you fucking done? Because I'm about to walk away from you. If you don't just walk away, you know. So I do it to my kid too, but I do it like 
instead of, you know, being like, you know, every other brown parent on the fucking planet, instead of being like, dude, it's all for you, you know, it's all for you, we don't do any of this for ourselves, (laughs) which is so sweet, and they really mean it, and I'm only laughing because it's so sweet, it's so sweet, and it's so dramatic, (laughs) it reminds me of that fucking meme, Fatima, you better put it in the fucking animated shit, it reminds me of the the fucking meme with the Daisy girl from the drama, like, and she's fucking spinning, and she, someone slaps her, oh no, 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 this bitch somebody slaps this bitch right and she spins and spins and spins <laughs> i cannot okay she spins and she spins so much that she fucking wraps the curtain which was like really far away <laughs> oh yo off that one fucking slap she spins down the room into the curtain and the curtain wraps around her neck like a noose <laughs> yo if that is not the definition of this drama like you can't even call it drama it's drama <laughs> oh my god <clears throat> oh my god oh my god <sighs> instead of being like that <laughs> i try to do it more like you know I won't say anything. And then he's just, mashallah, he's very observant. He's very grateful for everything. Very like, you know, Cancer Mercury, Cancer Venus, you know, very, very, mashallah, very loving, very understanding, can feel things, you know. Uh, So if he says, uh, or when he says, you know, geez, like, thank you so much, you know, like, thank you so much for this. Then I'll say it. Then I'll say it in like a very like, low tone i'll be like oh you know well it's all for you and he's like oh that's so nice and i'm like yo i'm saying exactly what my parents say but it's just the fucking tone bro like it makes all the difference anyway so yeah i'm not worried about my voice anyway because i did all for you she spins into the fucking curtain what a fucking bitch imagine that bitch when they had to tape that scene that day Yo, there are things that I would love to be able to see if there's backstage footage or like whatever, like behind the scenes. I want to see the making of that scene where they told her like, okay, Pooja, now you're going to spin after she (laughs) after she slaps you. You're going to spin eight times and then wrap the curtain around your neck like a noose and then hang off of it. (sighs) Jesus. Anyway, so... I have constantly and consistently thought that Cardi's funny. She's aware. But she's funny and aware like in spite of herself. And that shtick has always been a little bit uncomfortable for me. It's the way that a lot of people like Mindy Kaling. I don't like Mindy Kaling. I don't like the shtick of a brown girl... Uh, being funny because she's acting like a dumb white girl. You know, that's that's not funny because if you break down Mindy Kaling's comedy and it's not hard to do, um, it's all based in colorism. She is a dark-skinned South Asian woman. She's really dark-skinned even within the South Asian community, right? 
let alone like compared to like other people, okay? So for her to act like an entitled, privileged, blonde white girl is hilarious because she's such a fool is what's implied. And why is she such a fool? Because she should never be taking those liberties or expecting those things or saying those things because she's a dark-skinned Indian girl. That's what lies at the heart of what is supposed to make that funny. (laughs) And it's not. It's not funny at all. It's cringy. It's cringy. And it's more, um, it's more cooning. It really is. That's exactly what it is. Uh, but okay, you know, so you're talking about someone who was seen to have the it factor because she was in spite of being a stripper, in spite of being from uptown, in spite of this or that, she was witty, funny, uh, somewhat talented, but also just a fiery spirit. And someone who genuinely seemed to want it, wanted to work hard, wanted to make it out of where she was, wanted to have a better life. And I think anyone in any, you know, small corner of the world, not just relegated to the American dream now, but the global dream is to make it. And I don't think Cardi just wanted to be viral. Cardi had been viral for a while. And so to want past even that, because let's be honest, for a lot of women that she worked with, when she had a million whatever or 70,000 even whatever on Instagram, for a lot of the women that she was around, even that was making it, you know? So there is this distinction with her where she just wanted more and more and more, Which is just another way of saying that she was ambitious. Uh, Which, interestingly, is looked at so differently when it's a woman who exhibits that behavior. But, okay, also put a pin in that, Ralph. Okay, now. You have this person who has what seems like an insatiable desire to better themselves, to make it out of the hood, to make it out of the financial hole, which it feels like from her stories and from her apparent, you know, struggle, right? Like with like being abused in a relationship and stripping to get out of it, whatever. It seems like she's had some pretty traumatic like financial experiences in her childhood and her growing up, like things weren't easy financially, So, as we know, a lot of people that grow up with that develop this fear of ending up back there. So, as soon as they start making it a little bit, they start working overtime. They start doing it more and more because the more they make, the more afraid they become of losing it. Now, what generally happens is the thing that you're afraid of is going to happen because fear is just so strong, right? It's not stronger than love, but it's a lot more infectious. So, you have this person who starts to accumulate quite some success. With that success comes the fear. So, in equal numbers, these things are growing. Now, it only makes sense on a psycho-cybernetic level 
that this would be happening to Cardi right now because her programming in terms of what's on that piece of paper in that little black box in the back of her head, one of the things on that piece of paper is that life is financially difficult and the bottom can fall out from under you at any time and nothing is guaranteed and, you know, money is an issue. Money is a problem. Got to make that money. Got to chase that check. Got to chase that check. Do you understand how fucking toxic and just bad for you that is? <laughs> right? Just like in terms of everything we know now. In terms of just like attracting things. In terms of your fucking water crystals. In terms of everything we fucking talk about all the time. Chasing a check. Which is something she's also been... You know, she's on record as saying very like this is all stuff that she is not only not denying, but she's proud of. So I'm not saying anything to denigrate her. I'm really just stating facts. But I think in this case, if you just look at the facts, like it's all pretty obvious. Like there's nothing to judge here. Cardi brought this on herself, planting the seeds of this years and years and years ago, as we often do to our own demise. Cardi's programming is playing out. And now she's going to have to do the only thing that she can do and that she should do, which is to throw this back in America's face. Like, why are you guys such a bunch of fucking hypocrites? Like, she has never denied being in a gang. What is it that people think that people do in gangs? People rob people. People in gangs rob people. People in gangs who are men rob people with guns. People in gangs who are women usually rob people, rob men after getting them fucked up. I mean, in Brazil, you have those fairy nurses, right? They'll go out with you in Rio. They get you fucked up, slip some pills into your fucking drink. You wake up without a kidney or some shit, right? Like... Why are we acting like there isn't shit like this going on all the time, even worse shit? And that's not even an urban legend. That shit is real, (laughs) right? Why are we acting like none of that applies to somebody who is openly stated again and again and again in every way possible that she is affiliated with a gang? Now, just because most of America at the moment, because of our present technology and our present mode of interaction, does live off of a cap scenario, I think most of America took or most of the world took what Cardi was saying is just cap. Oh, these is bloody shoes. That just is a good bar. That's just fun. That's just, you know, she's talking about lubies. Oh, that's cute. That's fun. But like, Really, all the way through, she's repped the fact that she's in a gang. Even at the height of her career, just a couple months ago, she was like on a live or something showing the projects where she was initiated or whatever. Like, it becomes really difficult to not turn a clean mirror onto any outrage that's being shown right now. Uh... Like, okay, and also the thing with if somebody cheats on you, then you should get a a trans person to help you shame them into whatever. Listen, you got me there, okay? I have never really understood the weaponizing of trans people in that way as a tool of shame. 
it's so disturbing to me. It's such an incredibly disturbing narrative. Like, I don't really understand. I don't really understand using anybody, but let alone using somebody (laughs) for something that they just, I don't know. Like, on some level, the person being used in this scenario is just affirming that they are something shameful, right? So they're going to do this thing. Excuse me, I'm just going to open a window a little bit. So they're going to do this thing for you, with you, and they know the guy's going to bug out. So they know they're being used as this object of shame. That's bad enough. For her to talk about it on a live stream and basically give you like a play-by-play of like how to do this is even more disturbing. To know that there has been this level of drugging and blackmail, which is what it really is, right? Is also disturbing. But again, you're dealing with somebody who's in a gang. She could just as easily, if she wanted, have a bunch of guys in her in her gang just kill that dude for cheating on her. You see what I'm saying? So like, even within that, if you look at her in the context of which you wanted her, you wanted her on her knees at the Grammys with her ass in the air twerking. You wanted that. Right? We Like, there's something so distasteful about the whole thing, about the rise and the fall. It's all based on a hypocrisy. Right? I'm not I'm not saying that Nikki's right. I'm just, I'm just saying that there's such a there's such an obvious colorism thing here. There's such an obvious rise that's given to a certain look, but then you want that look to be authentic. You got like Joe Budden on his podcast saying that the 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 pose that she hit Nobody could hit that pose except an ex-stripper. So you have these people who are really like affirming the entire lifestyle that she comes from, knowing everything that goes on in that space, right? Like up close and personal, they know how people move in these fucking strip clubs, right? But then you, you want to clean her up which is also this, you know, American obsession that we have of watching her rise and her quote unquote glow up or her Cinderella moment. We want to see that happen. But as this happens, we have such severe, acute social amnesia that as soon as her hair changed a little bit and the edges were smoother and the makeup was more even and she got a little filler and blah, blah, blah. Then as soon as that happens, we have completely erased the Cardi that was there and we've replaced it with this new washed out product that we've now, we've taken the pre-packaged product and we've changed the packaging. We've upgraded it. But now that we've upgraded this packaging, you must stay within this package. And anything that got you here, any sense of authenticity, however ugly it is, however disgraceful within its own right it is, and you should be held accountable for it, absolutely, 
as a culture, we wanted that from you. We promoted that within you. We incited this reaction within you by by asking you certain things, by praising you for certain things. You got that fucking douchebag DJ Vlad on there talking to a woman like alone in a room talking about, oh, and then you got your titties done. Excuse me, motherfucker. Who the fuck are you to fucking talk to me like this? You fucking chauvinistic piece of shit. I don't give a fuck what I do for a living. Don't fucking talk to me like that. Asshole. You, you know what I mean? Like you, you put her even more on that pole than she already was. Right? Not even knowing anything really about that culture. Most of us don't fucking know. But then when she lives up to everything that she has always said that she is, you have a problem. I don't think you have a problem with her. I think you have a problem with the swift ascent, right? That, that, that by nature makes people then want to tear that thing down. You know, it's like parts of Florida where shit goes up and gets fucking torn down every other fucking day, right? It's all just impermanent junk, right? Doesn't mean anything. So if you have this meteoric rise based on like really just the phrase bloody shoes, you know, come on. It was like one clever turn of the phrase. That's why Nikki was so mad. That's why she lost her shit. Sagittarians just be overreacting. That's why she lost her shit. Because she was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like this bitch is not talented. Like she has no bars. Like she doesn't know what she's doing. She has one clever lyric and like she probably didn't even write it. Like what's wrong with you guys? But you have this person who got famous off like the trick of a phrase, right? Like the 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 phrasing of something. Clever. But now you want to attribute all this integrity. Dare I say dignity? Right? Uh, to what? Her artistic pursuits? What? To her, like, deep love for rap? What? She knew all those rap songs because she works in a fucking strip club and that's what they play in there. Like, <laughs> what? what? What is she supposed to be upholding the ideals for? Why should she not be drugging these dudes and blackmailing them with trans people? As disgusting as that is, why should she not, as a girl from uptown who's in a gang... And could easily get that motherfucker killed or X, Y, Z. Many things that she could have done to him. Why are we surprised that that girl who has access to God knows what chose to do that? Why? Why? Because when we bought that prepackaged product, we didn't actually read the label. We just saw the way it looked and it was a little ratchet. And we were like, ooh, ah, just, just a couple of weeks ago or just a couple of days ago, you had Joe Budden and them talking about you know, there's a certain type of ratchet, certain type of ratchet works. Uh, no, I think you're talking about authenticity. And a certain type of authenticity works until we have to realize what everyone has to realize, which is that everything is a balance. Every, everything is a balance. Everything, there's, there is a shade of black and white to everything, right? You can't expect... 
that ratchetness not to come with some real ratchetness. That ratchetness is only appealing because it comes from a real place. And that real place has to do with, I think, exactly what she was talking about. I think it is about drugging people, blackmailing people, robbing people, jumping people, you know, uh, fucking up somebody else's bag. I think I think this is, yes, yes, I think this is all routine. So, okay, take that how you will. Is it fucked up? Yes. Gangs do lots of shit that's fucked up. They murder people. They, they do all types of shit. Yes, all of it's fucked up. But we've been known this from the beginning. I was just surprised as someone who in the 90s remembers J-Lo getting her like head chopped off for saying the N-word in a song with Ja Rule. And the next day they had to pull it and they redid it. Or blah, blah, blah. They put out the version that didn't have that because everybody remember on Hot 97, people were going fucking crazy. Like, oh, what the fuck does she think she could? Because she's Puerto Rican. So I've just been really surprised the whole time that Bodak Yellow was out because not only was it a Dominican girl on here saying it, which I didn't like at all, right? I don't like when South Asians, I don't like when anyone does it, but I just don't argue with people anymore about it because it always turns into a, you have no real idea of what slavery was, do you? And that turns into a conversation where I have way too many sensitive buttons that you can hit. And as soon as you hit those, it's going to turn into a different type of conversation, right? <laughs> so like I just, I've, I've gotten to the place where I've realized that it's become a power game. People who feel like they can say it are people who feel like they have a certain amount of cred. And this speaks to the yes, Jules thing. I think the N word is becoming clout. And what I mean by that is that Black American culture, be it jazz or rap, which are the only two original American art forms so far that have come out of this continent, are the OGs of clout, (laughs) right? Jazz is the coolest thing ever. Rap is the coolest thing ever. Hip hop is the coolest thing ever. So because in that world, That word is the lingo because in that world, those worlds, all of them are dominated and populated with people who can use that word. The word itself has become a measure of clout, which is why that fucking idiot on the fucking podcast with her kept saying, oh, you could say it. You could say it. You could say it because he was trying to give her that clout, which is the only reason she caused this whole mess in the first place. Because her, like Cardi, this is all prompted behavior. This is controlled prompted behavior to push the boundaries of the social debate to see where exactly the new lines can be drawn. Because if you think they're going to let you keep the N-word, you're fucking crazy. Do you not see how many different sides that shit is coming from? And it's not just about appropriating a word. And it's not just about being disrespectful to 500 years of atrocity. And it's not just about being highly, highly insensitive to the devastating emotional nature of the thing. Like, I'll tell you like this. God forbid, right? God, this, this is like when, when people say Paki to me. I've had Indian people where I've had to be like, yo, are you fucking crazy? 
Did you just fucking say that to me? You know that's a slur, right? You fucking asshole. Like, if you... I can't imagine, like, my great-great-grandmother being enslaved and, like, tortured and all the rest of this fucked up shit. And she was called something. And then someone calls... so Like, and then somebody who is from the culture that was doing that to her called me that? I... I I don't know what I would do. Actually, I know exactly what I would do, but I don't want to say it. Right? But here's this fucking idiot sitting there telling this fucking bitch, this lying fucking bitch, that she could say it. What that conversation... And if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, just search Yes, Jules podcast. And a bunch of things will come up. And one of them is like her sitting with a bunch of guys. She's wearing an orange sweatshirt. And she's giving the most bullshit performance of her fucking life. Where she's trying to be like the hard, edgy, tomboy, cool girl. So she could get herself out of this mess. Which is the complete opposite of what she usually does. Which is like act like the hypersexual, like oversexed, like pedophile's dream sex kitten thing. That's usually her look. I'm just keeping it fucking real. What? I don't give a fuck. Right? But she's on there trying to rebrand herself after what was an incredible misstep. Because what the controversy stems from is her saying... By the way, Uranus and Taurus is funny, right? Ha ha ha. Look at all the shit that's happening. Ha ha ha. Um, I love it. I love it. So what she did was this fucking idiot, this disrespectful bitch, what she did was she posted a photo of a t-shirt that said n-word lie a lot that's what it said and i know i could just say the word to explain to you that it was on the t-shirt but i just find it really disgusting like i find it really disgusting for anyone outside of the culture which that happened to i find it really fucking disgusting that anyone wants to say it Like, the clout chasing involved with that, the desperation is just, it's gross to me. Yuck. Get away. I don't, I don't need a word to be cool. And I don't think black people say that to each other to be cool. It's not about being cool. It's about commiserating. Y'all just want to commiserate with a group of people that you alienated and isolated and now you mad because they fun. Dumbasses. Anyway. So she posted a picture of a t-shirt that said N-words lie a lot. And then she captioned it on Twitter, can I wear this t-shirt? And black Twitter dragged her, which she knew they would do. Let's just be very fucking clear. This bitch is a fucking social media maven. She, whatever the fuck that means. She, another, this is all the shit from the meetings. Let's circle back to that social media maven comment later. Uh, make a note of it, please. <clears throat> so, if you're saying that she didn't know that black Twitter was going to come for her? Oh, she knew. She knew. And the reason she did it is because she wanted this debate. And the reason she wanted this debate is because she wants, like Cardi, to put her foot a little more in that door and normalize that word. And I'll tell you what, Cardi did a really good job. Because if you remember, because I remember... 
If you went to the fucking club or the bar or the lounge or the strip club and Bodak Yellow was playing when it was fucking everywhere on all the fucking time, you had white girls, Hispanic girl, every kind of girl, every kind of guy just yelling the N-word singing along to that. Because if Cardi's saying it and she's not black, then I guess we could say it in a song, right? And as soon as I saw that shit happening, I was like, yep, that's exactly what I thought this was about. Because this song is actually kind of trash. But the way the N-word comes in at the part that it comes in, you can't help but sing it. You understand what I'm saying? You can't help but sing it. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So. (laughs) So. That happened. So this bitch. Yes, Jules. So she's on here talking to these guys about how... She didn't really mean it with the t-shirt. She wasn't trying to say it like that. And then she tried to make it about a million other things, including Joe Budden, which is weird because that's not really what this is about. This is about you tweeting something insanely disrespectful, doing it on purpose to get a reaction because one way or another, you want to get this conversation popping because you are the queen of cloud chasing and now you want to cloud chase this fucking word because it's the last final frontier for your bitch ass to chase, right? Because then you've basically fucked like... Like, she thinks that if she fucks the most powerful black man she can find, that he's going to give her the fucking Willy Wonka golden ticket that says, yes, bitch, you could say the N-word. But I don't think these hoes fucking get it. No matter what nasty fuck shit you get into with these fucking guys, none of these guys have that fucking golden ticket to give you. No matter how much they fucking jump around like fucking clowns, to tell you that you can, none of them can hand you that fucking ticket because they don't have it. Because <laughs> they don't have it. Nobody has it. You're born with it or you're not. And that's why she reverted into her, well, yeah, I'm Puerto Rican. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because if you were, we would have heard about it before now. Have you ever fucking met a Puerto Rican? Because the Within the first five sentences, they're going to tell you three times that they're Puerto Rican. I grew up a Puerto Rican. Trust me. You can know them your whole fucking life. And in every fucking conversation, right towards the beginning, somehow Puerto Rico is going to come up. Or like, you know, because I'm Puerto Rican, you know, because she's, you know, in the Puerto Rican neighbor, you know, that's how it is with the Puerto Rican food. With the... Listen, <laughs> it's like talking to a Jamaican girl. DR, the word, the letters DR are going to come up uh, at least five times, if not 500 Depends on the girl, right? Like, why are we just hearing about this now? Because <laughs> you're a whole liar. That's why. Because all of this is fucking bullshit. Because you've decided that you fucked your way and talked and white privileged your way into every privileged elite echelon that you could get your hands on. And you've realized that there are places where your vagina can't take you anymore. I'm just, look, I'm just being fucking real because what you can't do is sit here and come for people who've never done a fucking thing to you. Don't say shit to you. Don't fucking call, come for you at all. Don't even fucking care that you fucking exist. Call out women of color and then sit there and fucking cry and be a fucking victim and be surrounded by a bunch of dudes who want to fuck you and be like, oh my God, I, but I am Puerto Rican. So shouldn't I be able to say it? So like, isn't it okay that I tweeted that photo? Because that's exactly what she was fucking doing. She wasn't there to apologize. She wasn't there to explain herself. She was just there to slip in there that she thinks that she should still be able to fucking say it. If I have ever seen a more white privileged piece of fucking art, I don't know when. 
That shit was fucking performance art. It was a fucking clown. It was a clown doing her fucking clown show and another fucking clown jumping around the two of them out of the same fucking car over and over again like a bunch of fucking idiots. And the car is called Clout. And these fucking clowns, just clones of each other, kept coming out of the same fucking car over and over again, trying to convince whoever's out there watching this that, oh yeah, maybe this girl should be allowed to say this. For what? For what? So what if you're Puerto Rican? So fucking what? Who cares? How does that make it okay? What the fuck are you talking about? Most of Puerto Ricans I know came to America like my parents came to America as fucking immigrants. What do immigrants fucking know about slavery? I'm so tired of this shit. Why are we acting like none of this shit just happened? It just happened. We have people alive right now who have fucking great-grandparents who are slaves. What's wrong? Why are we acting like this is something that happened fucking thousands of years ago? No, this was very fucking recent. And if you're a fucking immigrant, it doesn't matter what fucking country you're from, you shouldn't be saying that shit. Especially because everybody knows that the only reason you're fucking doing it is because you want to be cool. But, but, but. (laughs) The cool comes from the struggle and you don't want the fucking struggle because as soon as you got faced with the struggle, you went running to blame a black man. What the fuck does Joe fucking Budden returning sweatpants or not fucking returning sweatpants have to do with your fucking racist bitch ass Coming for black women and saying bullshit about wearing t-shirts with the fucking n-word on it. Did Joe Budden make you tweet that shit, bitch? Did Joe Budden make you talk about fucking Scotty Beam and fucking Karen? What the fuck is wrong with you? Joe Budden did that shit to you? No, bitch. You did that shit all the fuck on your own. But how fucking convenient with this fucking Candyman bullshit that as soon as you fucking put your foot in the shit... You fucking come for the first black man within your fucking vicinity that you could put pin some shit on. Implying all types of nasty shit about him. Shit that she knows is going to rile people. And, and what does she use? Oh, the ultimate slavery plantation playbook. He was trying to fuck me. Yo, he called me mad times, bro. Because he was trying to fuck me. You know, you know. Because I'm a white girl. She's even said, she's tweeted this out. When I walk into a room, every black man turns and looks at me. She swear every black man wants to fuck her. When I tell you this is the plantation playbook, I don't know how else to say it. And if you look at her, the fact that she thinks that every black man she meets wants to fuck her just shows you how fucking delusional she is. She's so fucking delusional. But when you t- when you see her talk... You could tell that she definitely down into her fucking bones has been raised with that privilege where she absolutely thinks that every black man would want to fuck her over a black woman because white women are just better. You could see it in her fucking eyes. You could see it in the tone of her voice. You could hear it. You could see it in what she fucking says. And she don't feel any type of way about disrespecting this man's Dominican, El Salvadorian girlfriend, fiance, wife. Like, she don't give a fuck. She doesn't give a fuck. That's just one more woman of color that she's going to come for. And who was sitting there fucking clowning with her, co-signing all her shit? A black man. Also, plantation playbook. We can't get away from the fact that that power dynamic has been bred into this culture 
as much as white women feel like they can do whatever the fuck they want and blame it on a black guy when it comes time to take responsibility, black men have also been bred with this inferiority complex when it comes to white women. They're, how many times have you seen a black man co-sign a, black, a white woman's stuff or a light-skinned woman's stuff? This is what Nikki was talking about. This is what Lil' Kim has talked about. A lot of people have talked about it. Right? So, yes, Jules doing what she did. Like, that doesn't surprise me at all. It's just a very current example on the heels of the Khloe Kardashian shit that just fucking happened. The same shit. Same exact shit. Nothing different. (laughs) Nothing different. It just shows you, though, that that shit that I was talking about isn't in this yesteryear. This This is a mentality. This is the shit that is still implemented and put into play now to get certain conversations going to loosen certain barriers because you don't understand this shit clout is a commodity now culture is a commodity now if they don't loosen these boundaries and let some people of their own in they're gonna lose monetization of this culture and the monetization which is where all the money is is in the culture now is going to go into the hands of a group of people that they don't want to have power or money exclusively. <clears throat> you understand what I'm saying? These things are all swirling together into one singularity, into one point of like, aha. Because it's becoming apparent how quickly the cultural narrative could turn and how quickly it ends up in the hands of people who you have been denigrating and and abusing and oppressing for half a millennia. Just today, you have uh, Jordan Peele coming out and saying that he would never cast a white actor as a lead because he's seen that movie before. You see what I'm saying? You see how quickly the primary direction of a culture can change when power is concentrated in the hands of the few. And if you look at the Black American, African American population of America, it's not that big, right? So they have to loosen these barriers. They have to start these cultural conversations somehow because they need those fences to come down so they can get a piece of this. So... The Cardi thing doesn't surprise me. You use her for what you need to use her for and then you can destroy her and and take her out when you need to. I've seen this before. We all have. You know, maybe they asked her to do something she didn't want to do and they were like, oh, release file three. (laughs) You know, that's all you got to do to fuck with the Libra is release file three. Libra's like, oh shit, not file three. Not that stupid shit I said when I was all fucking imbalanced and fucked up and drunk and hung over from the night before. Oh, no. I mean, but it's all still true, but I wouldn't have fucking said it. You, you see what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. Probably something like that. The other one's just a fucking trick. She's a fucking clown bitch. Oh, my God. One day, one day, Red Fam, make it happen. One day to be across from that fucking bitch so I could tell her what the fuck I think of her. Oh, God is good. God is good. God will give me the opportunity. I know. So let's come back in a minute. And well, we had a lot more to talk about, but let's get into our meditation. Yeah, we can talk about the other stuff later. We can talk about it later. 
Get yourself comfy. If you're driving, don't listen to the second part just yet. I love you. I hope you had a good time. Rev Fam for life. It's your girl, DJ Narc. Let's come back in a second. Relaxed, hydrated. Take a load off. Lay down. And uh, let's take a little trip, yeah? I'll see you in a second. I love you. Welcome back. I was thinking... Since things seem to be going so left, maybe we should get out of here for a little while. Maybe it would be nice to talk to some older folks. I know my relatives and ancestors are having a party, and it's at the restaurant. Maybe you guys could come with. I heard there's going to be a lot of people there. I'm sure your family will come find you. And this time I was thinking maybe we could run there. Just because it's airy season. And we need our roots. And we need our traditions. And we need our people. And if you feel a loss of connection, run with me now. Let's go fix that. Let's go see some old people. Have some food. Have some drinks. Ready? Take a deep breath. See yourself. See me running. All of us clothed in white. Running through white archways. On a lake as blue as the sky. Welcome to Udaipur. Run with me. run, the bells jingle at your feet, and the colors of your scarf trail behind you, and they mirror the color of the kites in the sky, flashing like pieces of glass in the sunlight. Come home with me. Everyone's there. Come meet the people of the sun. As we run, the colors overtake us, and you feel that which is your skin. And from your skin, you fall below to your capillaries, feeling the blood rushing there. Run. Take a deep breath. As you run and you feel the rushing blood fall deeper to your nerves, feel them tingle. Feel them electrify with every step, every jog on this marble floor. Look up. The sun is 
sky is full of the biggest white clouds and the sun is so hot and it smells like salt water. Come now, fall beneath your nerves into your bones, from your bones to your arteries, follow your arteries to your heart, see your heart beating there, strong, take a deep breath. And as you see your heart beating there, and you see the valves, jump through and fall behind your heart and into the singularity. You're safe here. Welcome back. We got a table, we're having a party in the back. You wanna see? Everybody knows everybody's coming. Your people will be there too. They know you're coming, I told them. So come on. You gotta walk through the front door. I know it's been a while, but it's fun when we all go in together. And as we approach the glass, the sunlight glints and dapples everything in rainbows. And we walk through the door and today, the restaurant has outdone itself. Everywhere you look, there are people dressed in the finest clothes from everywhere in the world and everywhere in the universe. The finest of their finery on display with the utmost respect and honor for your DNA. See that big table in the back with all the dark brown skinned men in white turbans and swords at their hilt? That's my table. Let's go say hi. As we come and sit down, look to your right. You'll see women clothed in white, dark brown skin and henna red hair. They reach for your hand instinctively. You feel a comfort you connect with thousands of years it's come right out of the soil you feel a reassuring hand on your back a proud pat on the shoulder a gentle touch on the top of your head 
As you look up, here behind you stand your ancestors. Smile. You are their dreams realized. And as you embrace them, you feel the bleeding wounds of your broken connection coming together. Healing over, connecting, downloading information, belonging, and you walk with them to your table and you look around and everyone is there and the love and the pride shines in their eyes I forgot to tell you this party's for you surprise so welcome As you sit at the head of this table, you realize <laughs> this is indeed your party. And you can have anything you want in this moment of connection, ask wisely, feel their knowledge and their love coursing through your veins, connect deeply, breathing through, letting everything in, stay here as long as you like. Run through these halls. Run out through the back. Jump down into the waterfall. Swim to the depths and come back up. See the eons of those who have come before you, all around you, laughing, having fun, jumping in and out of the water. holding you, braiding your hair, crying over you, blessing you, preparing you, painting your face, wrapping your hair, sewing your clothes. meshing you back into the fabric of what you are, what you've always been, what you always will be. Complete.
have fun. <laughs>